Hello, everyone, and thanks for giving us a listen. If you'd like to show our support, please check out our Patreon and Linktree under Interactive Distractions for access to additional Day One content, as well as to be part of our awesome community. Thanks again, and we hope you continue to be distracted. Hello, welcome to Interactive Distractions, episode number 435. My name is Christopher Q, and I am here with Travis Baum. Hello. And that's it. Just us. That's it. That was it. That was the that's perfect, it. that little that little spat of dead air was exactly everything <laughs> you needed to know about the direction of tonight's podcast. And it's going, oh, I'm so excited about it. Uh, it's well, Jason is sick, so we're letting, we're, we're hoping he's feeling better. Um, getting some rest. Yeah. Um, and Jeff is out, uh, on like a a camping trip or something. And I believe the words Chris said was, Hey, at least we can go through today's podcast without shouldering that dead weight. I didn't (laughs) agree with that. (laughs) Lies. I thought it was a bit harsh. I'm not going to lie, Chris. I I am for, for those that are watching the video, I'm going to show off my unicorn cup that I'm borrowing from my daughter for my coffee. My cup is dirty, so. And I'm drinking out of uh, out of my blue Stanley tumbler. Not nice. Not a uh, not an official endorsement whatsoever. Um, <laughs> I am water. officially endorsing unicorns, just so you know. <laughs> oh no, of course we're a progressive show, so we have to. Absolutely, sure. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, and then Glenn, Glenn couldn't join us either, so just the two of us. It'll probably be a pretty quick show, um, but that's fine. We still get to talk about some games. Uh, but Travis, what's up, man? How are you? Uh, I'm doing well. Uh, kind of went for like a little bit of mental shift this week. Wanted to focus on a lot of uh, house projects and everything. So I kind of were usually like my my uh, my employment applications take up like the vast majority, 70, 75% of my quote unquote workday. Kind of swapped sure. it around, and we have some things here at home that we want to fix. There's a couple of things that we want to um, make use out of. There, there's decorations that we've ordered that we've never put up because we wanted to like put some extra work into the house that we never did. So we just started doing that this week and uh, playing more of the uh, of the man of the house role, just to kind of like I don't know, acts of service have always been kind of like my love language, if you believe that kind of thing. So actually doing stuff around the house has been much, much better for my mental health versus applying and being rejected, applying, getting rejected. I needed to take a break from that. So just a little something. And it's perfect timing because like it's right before football season. Preseason starts tomorrow. Yeah, preseason. It started today, actually. Yeah, started today. Yesterday. Last night, right? So Last night were the first games. Yeah, aside from the Hall of Fame game a couple of Thursdays ago. Yeah, this was the first one. So I'm I'm, I'm hyped. Life is about to have... uh, a lot more meaning life does have meaning but it has more meaning when football when <laughs> more meaning when there's football yeah and our our fantasy league is uh knocking down my door wondering where all the information is so i have to get on that as well so on top of housework stuff i have my uh fun things like fantasy football commissioning that i have to do uh so if you guys are listening i'm working on it i'm very behind but um, i mean i'm interested i'm in your league so you yeah. are in the league yeah you are in the league so, uh, so yeah, so lots of just responsibilities uh, to uh, kind of catch up on. Uh, and that's pretty much it. Did I see any movies? Nothing new? Nothing new. All right, Chris, what's up, man? How was Gen Con? Uh, Gen Con was pretty amazing. Okay. Uh, so it was my first time going. 
Um, it's easily the biggest convention I've ever been to. Like there were just seas of people. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, it was rather well organized uh, overall. Um, like there were, uh, uh, if you wanted to, to get at a table, like you were, you, you actually signed up online and you got a spot at one of your tables, that kind of thing. Um, there was, uh, uh, there was like a, uh, there's obviously like the vendor room that has mm -hmm. all of the vendors, all the artists and stuff that were there. And, um, like any, uh, any influencers or personalities that you might know. Um, and then they actually had like an, ex an exhibition hall where it was, this, uh, where, they just had um pretty much all the things other, for sale well yes it, yeah like they they had not but not uh, like the the things for sale were in the vendors room okay. but then the exhibition hall there were like some of the some of the booths were repeated mm. in the exhibition hall and they would have multiple tables lined up to try out the games and to do that kind of stuff mm. um and then uh and so that was in the indiana convention center um and then at lucas field lucas oil field was like the rp center like okay. the entire field was tables um and just hundreds of them um and you know if you if you signed up to do like a tabletop rpg uh it was it was probably going to mm -hmm. be in in Lucas Oil Stadium, mm -hmm. um, and they had like food trucks lining outside. Oh, that's the, awesome. The uh, um, the concession stands were open. Um, you know, Gen Con always has like a a, a souvenir cup that you can buy, mm -hmm. and if you buy the cup, it's a dollar refill like all the time for the entire convention. Mm -hmm. So um, for soft drinks, so that's something that we ended up doing. Um, but uh, you know, it it was a it was a long drive. I I am. Uh, we took the we took the EV, so it, it was uh, um, a few extra three, stops on the way. Yeah, a few extra stops. Usually, it was. I think the way up, we made three stops on the way home. We made four. Um, well, actually, we made four in both directions, but one of those stops was not to charge. It was just kind of to meet up with one of Crystal's friends. Cool. Um, but uh, but yeah, it was damaging on my pocket. I came home. <laughs> uh, yeah. What what kind of loot did you get? That I'm curious. Uh, so. Um, let's see. I'm trying to remember all the games we picked up. We, we picked up a game called Everdell, which is, uh, a resource management, uh, type game, um, where you essentially are, um, like an animal and you're, uh, trying to prepare for the seasons mm -hmm. and you collect resources and prepare for the seasons. My kids love it. So they had like this Everdell complete box, which Crystal saw, fell in love with immediately. And I was like, I guess we're buying this. Um, but uh, let's see what else. We we found a uh, something that was rather new that apparently was a Kickstarter mm. called, uh, let's see, Robot... What is it? Robot... Robot something arena. It was Ro Robot Quest Arena. Okay. And it's essentially like a tactical game. It's a tactical deck builder, and they have little figurines for all the little robots. And like, as soon as we showed it to the kids, they were immediately in love with it. And they were like, we want to play this. So now like in the evenings, um, you know, both kids, with the kids started school this, this week too. So they're both in middle school now. Mm. Um, wow. So we're letting them stay up a little later. And part of that is like, um, we're going to, you know, sometimes in the evenings we'll play board games. So we actually played through a game with the four of us. Um, and then today, Crystal and I decided to watch a, a show together, and they decided they wanted to play it, just the two of them. So they're super excited about it. Um, so that was a big hit. 
Uh, and then there was, uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Netflix series Dragon Prince, um, but there was a, like a tactical game similar to that that's kind of based on that. Plays a lot like Magic. Um, let's see, what else did we get? Oh, uh, Heroes of Barcadia. Um, so okay. Heroes of Barcadia is a drinking game oh, uh, nice. where your figure is actually a cup. Um, and you're, the, the idea is that you fill the cup with uh, a, your favorite beverage. Um, and every time you take a hit, you take a drink and it's got like your hit points on the side. Oh, okay. That's um, fun. Yeah. So, and then, and then you kind of navigate uh, tiles of like a dungeon and you're, you're fighting battles against monsters that you flip the tiles. And if there's a monster there, you, you fight a battle and you're looking for the big boss and all of his loot and stuff like that. But um, yeah, that's one that I think that we, that we should definitely play as a podcast one day. That if we sounds, have the opportunity. That sounds like, cause it's right up our alley. Like it really is. Um, and then let's see. Uh, I know there was there was a couple of others. We uh, there was one called the Red Dragon Inn, um, which is also uh, just a very like uh, supposed to be very humorous game that you play. It's like there's a you, you have like the, the, I I haven't played it yet, but from what they describe, it's like it's it's literally a bar brawl game, and the, your effectiveness in the fight has to do with how much you've had to drink and like there's a, a strength <laughs> and a alcoholic like intake meter yeah. that they they're inversely proportional <laughs> something like that so um we got some of that too but it was like it was just a really fun trip uh, i think crystal and i have already decided we're going to do the same thing again next year great awesome. um we'll probably uh we'll probably go up a day early this time so we can partake in thursday mm. um and you know if there's a way for us to plan better like the big the big issue here was we had to leave like first thing in the morning on Sunday so that we could get home, pick up the dogs, get the kids, mm. and then have them in bed so that they could prepare for the first day of school the very next day. That's a, that's a um, heavy block schedule. It was, day. yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot. Yeah. Um, but you know what? It was fun and uh, we had a great time. Uh, met my buddy Corey uh, and uh, Corey Hi, and Martin and their Hi, wives. Corey. Hi, Martin. Um, and then. Uh, I think one of so Corey is actually one of he he GMs one of the uh the tabletop tables that that uh um that I'm at and Martin's at the same table mm. and actually Beth one of our friends is there too she she's also at the same table but but yeah it was a great time oh I got to play uh, are you familiar with Avatar the Last Airbender uh, yeah okay Aware. so they actually Aware. have they actually have a tabletop RPG now too and okay. um we actually got to play at one of the tables and actually try that out so um that was interesting uh but yeah it was a good time good do you time. when you when you go to conventions like that um I, guess I, I know you don't really go to them like all all the time but you've been the most out of i think most of the people on this show but when you go to conventions like that um whether it's for like a tv show or just more of like a wide broad thing like do you subscribe to like the like paying of like two three hundred dollars and like getting picture like do you do things like that at conventions um, like photo opportunities signings no not really yeah. uh so well so momocon we did um so for momocon which was back in uh may june okay. um they had a lot of uh a lot of voice actors a lot, uh there was a um a, a booth uh can't remember his name uh, um very famous artist who did um titan ae mm. uh like the animation in titan ae um and some other some other big name uh shows but titan ae was my favorite of, of what he did 
um, but it was like the, the last convention he was ever going to do. So we kind of um, uh, went to his, went and got his information, but not as much. Like that was that was a that that con- convention was a um, the exception and not the rule. Mm, Usually we don't. Usually we don't. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's fun. It's fun to do that sort of stuff. Momocon was great because we got to bring the kids. I yep. would not bring the kids to Gen Con. It is way too busy. It gets rowdy. Um, yeah, it's it's well, it's not that it's rowdy. It's just it's very crowded. Um, you know, to the point where there are traffic jams in the vendor hall because oh, yeah, there's totally. so many people. So, totally. um, but yeah, that was a great time. Um, other than that, this week uh, today was a rough day. Uh, uh, our dishwasher broke, so I had to. I'm trying to. I've got to replace the dishwasher. And then, unfortunately, one of my cats is, um, we're not sure exactly what's wrong with her. Mm. Um, but uh, she's been, I've been noticing a few times over the past couple months that she's been having episodes. Um, and it was hard to describe what the episodes were, but because it kind of looked like she was just trying to cough off a hairball or something um, and just having trouble. Um, and that's like the first few times I saw it, that's what it was. Mm. And then... The last time I saw it, 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 like, she, like, was, the episode, like, threw herself, she threw herself back, and I literally caught her in my hand, um, and she was, you know, when that, and that was, that one calmed down, but today, uh, you know, and, and at that point, I started looking up what cat seizures look like. Right. Um, but today, she had a full-on cat seizure, mm-hmm. and uh, it scared the crap out of me, um, so we brought her to an emergency vet, and... Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's the downside. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things we're going to, we're, we're going to keep an eye on her. Um, I have another appointment with our regular vet on Monday morning. We'll get blood work done. Um, the emergency vet actually, uh, suggested, um, a, a, a neurologist. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got to find out why she's having seizures before we can do anything with it. Um, so that's the issue. Yeah, uh, and I'm just really concerned about what's going to happen with her because they have been, been become increasingly more violent. Yeah. Um, so it's a concern. Hopefully, but, uh, hopefully it's one of those things where it's like a pill can kind of like clean yeah. it up and, you know, fingers crossed. And, there, and, but... and that's what I'm hoping. Like if it's, if, if it's, if it's epilepsy, like fine, like they, mm-hmm. they have medication for that, yep. but it could be a number of other things. And, uh, yeah. you know, there's a couple of those that, Worry me a lot. How old, how old you can? That one? She's gonna be three. Like she's oh, not. Oh wow. Okay. She's a little cat, right? Okay. She's so she's a baby still. Yeah, there's 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 a lot of reason for optimism there. So. Yeah. Yeah. All the best there. That uh, hope that that fixes itself up. Yeah, me too. Yeah, um, but yeah, that's it for me. Um, All right. So let's do some distraction talk. Let's do game talk. What you got? Oh, pretty much the same as last week. I'm just stewing. <laughs> I'm stewing in a cauldron of FOMO, watching everybody play Baldur's Gate since it's not available on console yet. So, oh man, yeah, okay. yeah. So I'm just sitting back and just playing something that I know for now just makes me happy instead of just trying things. I was, I was gonna pick up WrestleQuest. I played the demo, had some pretty good takes, had a couple of concerns, but I'm like, you know what? It's a twenty dollar game. It's, it's, it's almost kind of. It kind of behooves me just to play it regardless. And then some reviews started coming out, and it's getting like fours and fives and stuff. So I'm like, uh, with my budget at the moment, 
even a twenty dollar game, going into it seeing like you know it's 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 not looking good critically. Yeah. Uh, I I opted out of uh, of getting WrestleQuest. So that's fair. So that being said, I'm you got, still, you're being selective. So. Yeah. So I'm I'm being selective right now, but I will on day one when it's on console. Baldur's Gate three is gonna happen. I'm I'm super hy- uh, hyped up for that. Nice. Um, so as I'm sitting there, uh, stewing in jealousy, looking at everybody playing on TikTok, um, I have been playing, um, just more Final Fantasy. I tried out the Diablo, the new 1.1.1 patch, the one that was supposed to fix the sorcerer, the sorcerer is still same issues, same struggles. You're still forced to make the same builds. Nothing systemically has happened to truly correct the problems with the sorcerer. And I'm disappointed and I'm probably not going to play yeah, Diablo much more. Um, so what's the seasonal content like? Did you do any of the seasonal content? So to be fair for the develop, to be fair to them, they did say that like this first season is their smallest season planned. Like you know, just a, a couple of like feature sets that they're introducing, uh, which are essentially just new jewels to socket into rings and, and, uh, and amulets. Uh, and that's the real, and it's just extra powers that make UOP and they do a pretty good job at making UOP. There's a couple of cheap ones, but some of this stuff is supposed to be cheap because they're seasonal. They stay on that server. So they're not going to mess up the meta of the eternal, uh, the eternal realm. Uh, so some things do get kind of like blown out of proportion where like, you know, certain okay, um, classes are now suddenly like you know, really synergizing with these new abilities from the season. So, um, but I, I'm just not interested in starting over. Like I, I just, I don't yeah. have that yeah. kind of, that, that kind of time. Um, I well, mean, that's a level 100 too, right? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, that's yeah. a lot of time. Yeah. So uh, aside from that and just kind of making that personal declaration and, and, and unless I see a patch drop that like brings like true systemic changes to how sorcerer operates, I'm going to put Diablo down for a while. So this will probably be the last bit I discuss about it. I mean, well, I'll probably dabble season two when that starts in October. Didn't you want to make a, like a different character for season for the seasonal content? Didn't you want to try a different class or something? On paper? Yeah, sure. Um, but it's the fact that like you're starting over so much yeah. progress, the, like the, the quests, uh, the back half of the... I mean, thankfully, you don't have to do all of the Renown. Like, the first two sections out of the five Renown are, are done, but you still have to do so many side quests and all the stuff that I've already repeated, and I just don't want to do it. Mm. I just don't want to do it. it it's not... It makes sense. Yeah, it's not fun of me. So, the other game I've been playing, I've been redoing Final Fantasy sixteen. Uh, <laughs> so, I sit here complaining about not wanting to replay I don't want to do it again. I've been doing this again. And I've been, <laughs> yeah, I've been doing that exact thing with a uh, with, with another game. Um, but no, still uh, messing with that. Uh, so, uh, along with their new game plus offerings, you can also play with the option of turning it on something they call Final Fantasy mode, which is kind of like the extreme difficulty mode. So, that's what I've been playing on. So, I've been doing new game plus... Final Fantasy mode and um, skipping through all the stories, you don't realize how fast that storyline goes by when you're skipping all the cutscenes. Some of those cutscenes are long. They are very, very very long. long. And I I was playing and I was like, holy crap, am I already like at the fourth icon fight? And I feel like I've been playing for 10 hours. The demo was like two hours long and I'm pretty sure that it was only like a half an hour of gameplay. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you can skip that. Like you can just outright skip it when you start a new game. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I, there's really not much else I can say that I haven't said before. Like I just, it just reiterates it how much I love playing this game. Um, yeah. it's the combat's fun. I'm playing on the hardest difficulty. I'm not getting as much frustration as I would expect to, because 
very similar. Like this game is not a souls like by any stretch, but like it, my, my history with souls like has given me the ability to kind of like really, um, you know, if I'm, if I'm struggling with a boss fight, like taking lessons that I learned in the previous match and applying it to this one. And you have to do that sometimes in these harder difficulties with final fantasy. And I'm, overcoming them i'm not having to swap out builds i have a good strong build and i just have to change my tactics slow down the fight a little bit instead of being fully aggressive um and just finding some new ways to to take on these these challenging fights and having a blast and it's still somehow even though i'm playing the same game over again i'm approaching it in a completely different situation or in, in a different a, a, a completely different perspective and then i'm almost having a different experience with this game which is good. kind of fun so yeah, really digging it, and I don't know. May go for that platinum. It doesn't seem, it doesn't seem out of reach. It doesn't seem out of reach, especially if you go through the entire game and beat the Final Fantasy mode. So, um, yes. it seems like it's approachable, but we'll see what happens because Baldur's Gate's dropping just with <laughs> a nuke ton of other games. I mean, how close is Starfield from Baldur's Gate? Like, I'm, I might have to. I'm, I'm not even thinking about Starfield anymore. I'll be honest with you. Right. I'm really not. God, Baldur's just kind of—it's like not a thing anymore. <laughs> I mean, I'll I'll still play it, but like I just uh, you know, it's it's uh, yeah, it's Baldur's Gate time. So I'm pumped. Yeah. So let's uh, let. There's no better transition than that. Let's talk okay, about some. Okay. Let's talk about your games. Well, first of all, I'll let you know that I am most likely double dipping. So okay. uh, chances are, when it's out on PS5, if you guys are putting together like a night where you're gonna get together and play. I'll probably be involved, um, but uh, I'm I'm not super far in. I'm still in Act One. Um, I just hit level four today. Um, so uh, and, and you know, the the one big thing about about this game is that the levels are super meaningful. Like mm-hmm. every level is really meaningful and, and gives you a lot more um, it, it, a lot more power. Mm-hmm. Like so, you you can only get up to level twelve, and that's because the levels wow. are so powerful um so with my uh i know that uh, a lot of what you all were talking about last uh last week um jason had gotten through probably the first two or three hours of the game it sounded like mm-hmm. um so uh i don't i'm not gonna i'm, I'm, I'm gonna try not to reiterate a lot of that but i i, I do want to kind of go back to one of the things he said he was talking about withers he mentioned that it was something that that you could skip don't skip withers uh absolutely do not skip withers okay. if you if you don't have withers in the first three hours of the game go find withers because uh he's going to remove a lot of the anxiety and a lot of the uh um j- just like how overwhelming it is it's it's a lot less intimidating knowing that withers is there mm-hmm. what can withers do for you Withers can completely respec your character, okay. um, including changing your entire class. He can change all of the he can change the classes of the NPCs that you pick up along the way. Um, I actually did that today. He he talked about uh, Shadowheart. Um, mm-hmm. Shadowheart is a trickster cleric, um, <laughs> and just from a, a general D and D perspective, nobody plays trickster clerics because they're pretty like they're they're like the bonus stuff that they do it's like it's kind of useless like they've got a couple things 
that, that are fun. And then it's like, okay. Um, so I changed her to a Tempest Claire. Tempest Clerics are very in tune. It's like lightning and thunder, and they pick up like shatter, which is an incredible uh, like early early spell that you get. Um, so yeah, you can respec yourself. You can respec all of your NPCs. Um, and you can resurrect the NPCs if somebody dies. Um, and there's actually one other thing that Withers can do, and I can't remember what it is. Um, but you meet him in that crypt. Uh, you open up the sarcophagus he's in. Mm. You have a conversation with him. And then he's like, cool, I'm going to help you out. And then the first time you take a long rest after you meet him, he's in your camp. Oh, that's he's awesome. just hanging out. So you can just go up to him while you're taking a long rest and just do all of that stuff. So, um, so yeah, I did. I did my. Uh, I did. Re I respect Shadowheart today. Um, my character hit level four, and when I hit level five, I will probably respect my character because um, I've got a couple of plans that I want to do. Um, but uh, there's a there's so much flexibility, and yes, it is intimidating. Um, and I know you guys were talking about this a little bit last week. It's very, it is very intimidating for someone who probably, probably who hasn't played D and D. Um, I would equate it to someone who jumps into Elden Ring and has never played Dark Souls. Okay. So, um, that was super intimidating for me. Uh, but the good thing is, is that it is one of those games. It's a terrible distraction game. It's got like everybody's putting content out there everybody's making guides on how to do things there's a freaking wiki you know so it's like if you feel intimidated there are resources for you to try, try and relieve some of that anxiety that, that's around the game yeah i'm no stranger um, to to looking up a good video to help me uh absolutely especially with elden ring bit. like yeah. uh, freaking elden ring I, I was again terrible distraction game i was watching yeah. videos for elden ring all the time yeah um and it's very similar with with boulders gate right now like uh it's less less so with boulders gate because i do uh i do have that desire to kind of explore mm -hmm. and figure things out on my own um but uh you know when it comes to um oh here's this boss what are they weak against? I'll go look that up. I'm fine with that. I don't care. Mm -hmm. uh, you can absolutely scum save in this game. Okay, and I good. absolutely scum save in no, this game. No, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, because, it, you know, in, in reality, when, when it comes down to it, in the game, you know, if you make a mistake, uh, you're done, right? So mm -hmm. it, it's, all, it's often better to have those saves to go back to. When you're playing the tabletop, like you actually talk out what you're doing with your GM. So it's not like, it's not one of those things where if you accidentally hit a button, all of a sudden the whole thing goes nuts on you, right? So, uh, you know, the GM is there to kind of help you with that when you're playing at a tabletop. Mm -hmm. This, you don't have that. So yeah, I absolutely have, have used the save feature to my advantage. Yeah, for sure. Um, but uh, let's see. So... Jason talked about um, he picked up the rogue. He talked about the cleric, uh, Shadowheart. He talked about did, did he talk about the Githyanki? So there's a the Githyanki is the is the um, the race that they brought into the game that had kind of been uh, not removed from D and D, but you don't see it as much. Mm -hmm. But it's the it's the primary woman that you see in the game. She's the fighter, okay. um, and. Uh, so you find her very shortly after uh, what what Jason was talking about 
last week. And she's like trapped in a cage and there's a bunch of tieflings that are like the tieflings and the get the Yankee don't get along. Um, so, uh, they're, they're kind of at each other's throat at the time. Um, but then, you know, you, you, you get to, uh, you get to this, uh, this druid camp and you, uh, you talk to them and they send you on a couple more quests. And, um, like right now I'm in the middle of this giant goblin camp mm -hmm. and there's like three huge bosses in this goblin camp. And I'm just kind of, you know, methodically going through it and trying to st strategize how I'm going to take care of it. Because, you know, there's a, there's a lot of goblins in it, and they're not, like, they don't attack you right away. But as soon as you swing, if anybody who's in the area, they're all coming at you. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, yeah, like, overall, I'm just really enjoying, what the, like, with the story that they've laid out. There's a lot of hidden stuff. There's a lot of hidden stuff. Yeah, it seems so. I've been seeing that like there's a lot of things like hidden behind boxes and like hidden things in the walls that you have to like move things around. But like it's, it, it feels like that kind of uh, that kind of exploration uh, on such a like a small like in such a such such a vast map, but like such like m you kind of like micromanaging all the environment around you to move stuff around. I feel like like the camera angle, the isometric yeah. camera angle, makes that difficult by default so like how does that it gameplay is. feel uh i'll be honest i have had frustrations with the camera on multiple occasions um there are situ like you can actually move the camera in behind your back yeah um behind the character that you're playing but even that does not translate well in all situations um so uh i i have run into some frustrations with the camera uh, especially like for and i'll give you a perfect example i was telling you about um Lazelle, who is the mm -hmm. Githyanki fighter that, that's in the she's trapped in the cage. Well, the cage is like hanging up in the air, right? Um, and what I'm trying to do is uh is get her down. But when you try, like if you try and use a crossbow or a bow <laughs> and and you try and aim up, it doesn't work. Like you can't really do it. Um, so you have to find a target. That is like I try and zoom all the way out, find a target, and just move the reticle to the general area of the target and hope that it moves the elevation that you want. Hmm. Like it, it, I have run into a lot of frustration. So it, with that. it can it can be clunky. It, it, yeah, it can yeah. be clunky, but it's it's not uh, like it's it's certainly not game breaking. Okay. Yeah. Um. There. Yeah. And and there's other there's other nuances about the game that uh, that could be improved. Like. Uh, the game is is obviously developed with mouse and keyboard in mind. Uh, using a using a controller can be frustrating. Um, I like to sit on my couch and play on my big TV, mm -hmm. so my PC is outputting to my big TV, and I sit on my couch with a controller. Um, so I don't use the keyboard and mouse. Uh, in in some ways, it's a little better because you get to actually move the character around with the stick rather than clicking on places. Yeah, I like that. Um, yeah. But uh, like all of the like the um, the action bar that's at the bottom that you see a lot of people working with right now, that's not there if you're using a controller, right? So right, because it's all it's wheels, all, right? Yeah. It's all wheels. So okay. you pull it up, you, you pull up your action wheel with uh, like uh, the right bumper or R1, um, and it'll pull it up, and uh, and then you can kind of scroll through them. Um, and then you select, you use the, the, the sticks to select what you want to, mm -hmm. you know, work with. Um, it's, it's, it's functional. Like, it is functional. 
but uh, you know, it does it it does ha hold a little bit to be desired. Yeah, I don't think um, I'm too worried about the controller support. Uh, yeah, with, with, it's with not BG3. as I said, it's not yeah. it's not awful. Yeah, if I can so. if I can get comfortable on a controller for Final Fantasy 14, I can probably get used to anything because <laughs> that game's UI was a mess, and even I got like super super pro with it. So I mean, yeah. I have a couple of questions. Uh, one, yeah, go for like it. The, the first question, you kind of hit on it about flexibility with players who have played D&D versus players mm -hmm. who are not experienced in it and everything, but like specifically the learning curve itself. I, I expected going into Baldur's Gate 3. Uh, now I've played one, I've played some of two, but I played one and the expansion. Um, and so I'm familiar with the series, but okay. this seems like so, so embedded in yes. traditional tabletop <laughs> mechanics. It, it absolutely right. is. <laughs> and, and I think it's why people are loving it. So it was a great, great decision for them to do that, it seems. But like I'm talking about like the, not necessarily the flexibility to learn, but like the actual learning curve. Like if you are someone, say like me and you, you are vastly educated in tabletop role-playing games, specifically Dungeons and Dragons. I have played Dungeons and Dragons back when Thaco was a fucking thing. So like, 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 edition two so years <laughs> a d and d yeah a d and d exactly a d d so yeah. that's that's my so i really basically am starting from scratch uh, not from scratch okay. but pretty pretty close um so like what is that learning curve like like are you looking at is it a couple of extra like a couple of like a couple of hours three to five hours for someone who's uninitiated depends, to... i think it depends on what you wanted to so like for instance, like you've got specific roles when you're talking about a D and D party, right? You've yep. got a tank, you've got DPS, yep. you've got your spellcaster, you got your healer. Like, what what role are you wanting to play? That's yeah, the first that's, question. You that's ask fair yourself. because Final Fantasy fourteen. Hark back to that for a second. Like it, you're playing a tank class is a vastly vastly different experience than a healer class like in right. those classes are a lot harder than just being a damage dealer so no i definitely get the concept of of like certain classes are going to be like advanced boulders gate versus like a, a someone who's just a fighter is probably going to have a a more straightforward time so that that would make sense yeah and and that's really the the thing like i i would suggest to someone who is just starting like unless you really have a desire to be a spellcaster don't be because that's where a lot of it comes from because mm. there because there's so many spells and you're not going to get a chance to pick them all like for for different spell class uh spell casting classes um like uh uh god what's his name uh you pick up the wizard and i'm trying to gail so gail is a wizard all right. I have never actually played a wizard in D and D, and it's a very different spell casting class than some of the other ones that are out there. You actually learn the spells, right? So you have to find scrolls, and you can learn them from the scrolls. So you can only pick spells that you've learned, either from scrolls or from leveling up. Mm -hmm. um, and then you also have to have what spells are prepared, mm. and you prepare spells during a, a rest. 
So every time you long rest, you can switch them around. But you don't have your entire spell list, right? And and that's kind of where a lot of the the intimidation comes from. Is is it's around spellcasting. Mm. So unless you absolutely want to be a spellcaster, don't be. There are, are a lot of other cool options that you can do with the melee classes and with like uh with uh, like ranged classes like a ranger. Mm. Um fighters get uh special abilities that are like if you have if you're for instance the the githyanki uh uh whose name i now can't remember lizelle (laughs) um i literally said it earlier and i can't remember now um but she is a battle master fighter and she gets things called superiority dies and she gets four of them and you get to use those for special abilities that only the fighter can do and it makes it uh, it makes it much more interesting to be a fighter. It's like you don't just walk up and swing, you know. So like you get and you get to for for the NPC for her, you actually get to choose which of the special abilities you want to learn. So for instance, my version of her has distracting strike, um, push strike, and disarming strike. So you use a superiority die. And if you hit with it, you do additional damage based on the superiority die, and then another bonus goes with it, depending on which one you've got. So, like, Distracting Strike will give your allies advantage when they attack next. And uh, if you don't know what advantage means, it just means that when when it rolls, it rolls twice, and it gives you the higher of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's super good. Um, I picked Push Strike because... Um, Larian loves false fall damage. Like they are all about it. So if if you can push people, like they had all of the all of the battlefields are multi multi level. Okay, that's so cool. if you can actually pull push someone off of a, a of something, they fall and they take damage as oh, they fall, cool. and then they have to get back to you. So, um, th- so there's a lot of nuances like that, and that that. Uh, that you have to think about, mm. but it like the melee, uh, like a lot of the melee classes have very interesting abilities that you can do, and you don't have to get into the intimidation factor of just the massive amount of spells there are because mm-hmm. there's so many. And then you have to, and so you're talking about these spell lists, and then you're talking about uh, the different class of the classes of spells, and then there's spell levels which are different than your character level, and it's so. You know, unless you absolutely want to be a spellcaster, just push spells out of the way. Just don't even right. think about them right now, because um, there's you can still have a lot of fun. The rogue is a blast because you're hiding and then you're sneaking up behind people and you're getting backstab and you get extra damage dice for it. And um, you know, the rogue the, that that character in general just has so many skills. Like you, you could do just about anything. Mm. Um, so uh you know my my the to to cut down on the anxiety pick a melee class or pick like a ranger or something like that don't even think about multi-classing at first like multi-classing <laughs> shouldn't even be in your in your arsenal at this point um and just enjoy the game for what it is and realize that if you do something with your character that you don't like just go back and talk to withers and he'll respect you my so, man withers he'll he'll say withers you is time. great Withers is great. Um, so another question I had uh, pertains to like the dialogue system. So 
I want to go into this game and kind of like relive my Mass Effect fantasy, right? And I want to be a master of conversation. I want to make the right choices. Okay. Um, and since I want like charisma to be like a leading okay. stat for me for these purposes, for these uh, communication purposes. Which classes um, should you be looking at? So I know what class I want to do. I know I want to do a bard. Like it just seems okay, that just cool. seems like the That's class. That's really cool. That seems like the class that would be for me. Like I just feel like a bard works. Um, bards so, are, are bards are fun. Yeah, they're fun, and they're they're another class that gets a lot of skills. Yeah, uh, n not as much as the rogue. Like the the rogue gets the most skills out of all of the classes, um, but the bard is like so. The bard is very uh, flourishy. Like you want to uh, you want to you know work on work with finesse weapons, mm -hmm. the rapiers, yeah, things yeah. like that. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I, like, I haven't tried a bard yet in, in Baldur's Gate, but one of the class, one of the characters that I want to make is going to have some bard. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm excited. But my main question on that topic though, was how are you, uh, how are you feeling? How are you gelling with the conversation system in Baldur's Gate 3? Cause it definitely like it. seems more robust. Uh, like your, your dialogue options are a lot more, you have a lot mm -hmm. more to choose from versus like a mass effect or something. Yes, and um, what I will say is that a lot of your dialogue options do rotate around charisma. So you're going to see one of the you're going to see several things. You're going to see um, dialogue options, and and it has things in brackets, like when when they're specific for well, like a barbarian like, or if it's specific yeah, so for like if, perception. You could have it. You could have it specific for race. You can have it specific for class. Yeah. You could have it specific for background. Um, and then there's the skills like deception, um, um, intimidation, uh, persuasion, um, and all that stuff is charisma. A lot of that is charisma based. Right. Um, and all of that's like usually if it says a skill next to it, you're going to see a D20 roll. Yeah. Okay. Um, and there's, uh, but there's always bonuses, right? So you've got, you know, if you're going to play a bard, you're going to start with like probably 17 in charisma, which gives you a plus three to all charisma checks. Mm -hmm. So when it rolls the D20, whatever's on the T20, you, you automatically will get plus, you'll actually get plus five because mm. a bard is also proficient in charisma. So the proficiency bonus is another two. Um, so you get plus five right out of the gate. And then if you have any equipment that gives you bonuses, or if you have, um, for instance, if you have Shadowheart with you, mm -hmm. Shadowheart has a cantrip called Guidance. And a cantrip is just a spell that you can cast at will. There's okay. no slots. You can just cast it all the time. Um, and it's, what Guidance does is anytime you do a, a, a skill check for the next 60 seconds, uh, gets an additional 1d4 added to the, to the roll. Um, so it's like an increase of your of your skill ability. Mm -hmm. um, so you can have like all these bonuses lined up, and you know you roll for intimidation. You know you roll a d twenty. You add your proficiency bonus. You add your charisma. You add oh, wow. your, uh, and then you add guidance one d four. And then you know if you have any equipment that gives you an additional bonus. So there's a lot mm -hmm. of bonuses that can go with that. Um, and a lot of what you are going to end up doing in the game is going to go around the items that you find. There's a lot of loot. <laughs> like, I I'm imagine. already finding uh, level level two, three, four. I'm already finding, like, blue loot, like, yeah. rare loot. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. If I'm being honest, like there are some like super traditional things that are just like mainstays that are baked into the formula of a game like Baldur's Gate. But like, I'm not looking forward to like the dishing out inventory across all party members and managing yep. encumbrances and whatnot. Like, I'm just not excited. Oh, you never have to. About you that. never have to manage encumbrance. That is not a thing. Um, for multiple reasons. First of all, if you are well, at least for my character. Um, my character's encumbrance is like 200, mm -hmm. so I'm, I haven't reached that yet. Mm. But even if you do, you can just go in and select the item and say send to camp, and it just goes to, oh, okay. to it just goes away. I heard some people um, complaining be, that selling items is not as easy as it, and, and it does seem like that should be an easy thing to to achieve. Some people. Are the problem is that if you send something to camp, you can't sell it. It's got to be in your inventory to sell it. Okay. So it's it's kind of a double edged sword there, but. Okay. Um, is there like anyone actually, in camp that will buy things? Uh, not from, not yet for me. Yet. Uh, I, I that, think that, that has, happens. That has to come. Like, I think that does. I just haven't gotten there yet. Okay. Um, and it, it was a bit frustrating because I did just buy like a new piece of armor. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I could just sell a bunch of stuff. Oh, wait, no, I can't. Because mm -hmm. I had already cleared out my inventory. Yeah. I went to, I did a long rest. And it was like right before I went to the goblin camp. Yeah. Did a long rest, got rid of all my shit, went in and I was like, I'll sell these things and I've got like the, the armor's like 500 gold and I've got like, here's like 80. <laughs> so it's like, I just watch my gold go like that. Um, but so, but, uh, but so far for you, do you feel that this is just like, this is the game and were you expecting your, like how you feel with your first impressions right now? Were you expecting to enjoy it this much or did you expect to enjoy it more? Like where are you at? I know it's early days. So I had this, okay. <clears throat> so I got the early access for this. Well, my wife did, I should say. Okay. Um, so when, when uh, you remember, the, you remember that Google Stadia thing? I do remember the Google Stadia thing. <laughs> so Google Stadia actually got Baldur's Gate as early access. Oh, wow. And they even had like a deal with them where there was some extra stuff for the Stadia. Mm -hmm. And then Stadia went under. So, um, but the one game that I bought for Stadia was Baldur's Gate 3. Um, and the main reason was because at the time, Crystal didn't have a PC that could run it. So she was playing it on Stadia because it didn't matter. Um, when it was on, when it was um, in early access, I played it, but I only played like, uh, like the first hour or two. So I didn't even get off that like opening sequence. Um, and I really, in, uh, like, I really just didn't, it didn't really draw me back, right? Um, it wasn't until the game started getting close and I started seeing, like, people talking about how you could build the characters and, and like, all the different things that you could do mm -hmm. that I started to get a bit hype. Um, so the hype for me has been actually pretty recent. It's only okay. been the past yeah. month or so. Um, I think but it's it is absolutely... I think it's kind of surprised it, a lot of people. I think yeah. a lot of folks yeah. who, especially folks in the industry that I've been listening to, that there's quite a few that really didn't have much of an expectation for this game and are just completely sucked in and how, uh, yeah, it, it blew me away pretty yeah, much how big like, and diverse and nothing seems to feel shoehorned in or cheap. Everything feels deliberate. Um, yeah. so and it, they it, do like, they do a really good job of, um, respecting what the tabletop game is. Um, while also, um, making tiny adjustments and modifications here and there uh, to make it more interesting to play as a game. 
And uh, honestly, the one, the, I would say the one addition that they've made that I've used the most is uh, shove. <laughs> so okay. they have like one of the things you can do is, is like you've got actions like uh, um, Jason was talking about jump, right? Um, so jump is one of the actions that you can, you can do with your bonus action during your turn. Um, so shove is something that's not really a thing in D&D. But in Baldur's Gate 3, if, as I said, they like to have levels, mm -hmm. so you can walk up to someone, just... use your action to attack them, and then shove them. And if they're on a cliff, they're just going to go over the side. Oh, that's great. So that's great. it's, you know, there's a lot of little things that they've done that, that, that makes it uh, really interesting. And, you know, I, I, there are some things I wish they would do. Like, I currently, like, there's, there's subclasses that are missing that I, that I'd like to, to see and, um, you know, there's there was a change to one of the classes that is actually affecting me directly because of the way I'm playing. Um, but uh, but it's all right. It's it's still a lot of fun. I'm I'm currently maining my my main class is a paladin right now. Okay. So I'm really enjoying it. Are you gonna Are you gonna go Oathbreaker? Get that special storyline? Uh, not out of the gate. Actually, when I actually accidentally broke my oath. <laughs> I was like scum save went back and I fixed it. <laughs> That's interesting. So yeah, I, I I like I tried to to roll intimidation and I failed. And then I said, well, I've got to you know I I've got to do this thing that I'm trying to do and you know to get the story where I needed to go. And I'm like, I guess I'm gonna attack these people. And as soon as I attacked it said oath broken i'm like fuck <laughs> <laughs> and what's interesting though is if you break your oath like immediately after the battle of of the the um of the when you the battle that you break your oath or whenever it is that you're doing it um but immediately after that battle just a dude shows up and says you have broken your oath i will see you again soon and it's like Ooh, super intimidating I and that. like like open-ended and, and you know there but apparently like there's a lot of good stuff that you can do with oathbreaker so very fun very fun and you can you can redeem yourself too as an oathbreaker. oh that's cool yeah yeah any other thoughts yeah. about uh the old boulders gate so many thoughts so many thoughts uh but yeah i think we'll we'll hold it there um i i uh i am going to double dip though i have not started playing any multiplayer yet um, I know Jason said that he was interested in playing it, so I'll probably get with him um, and try and figure out a day for us to play. Um, and then, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to double dip and get the PS5 version. Uh, I am a little annoyed that the, that the PC version is 60 and the PS5 version is 70. It's like, fuck you guys. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, that's, it's, that's a thing. Yeah. yeah, it is. But uh, yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, if you're intimidated about it, you know, just for listeners, like if you're intimidated, um, just ask someone who's played it before or ask someone who knows, you know, the basics of D&D. &D. Um, shit, send me an email. I'll help you out. I don't care. Um, I, I'm having a great time with it. And I mean, there's a lot of shit I don't know either. And, and I'll be honest with you. I go ask my wife. Like my wife is so way ahead of me in this game it's not like she's about to hit act three oh, damn. um and and you know when when it was in early access she played through the early access like six times like every time they dropped a new character class she's like restart let's go <laughs> so she was super excited about the whole thing but uh but yeah yeah it's a lot of fun give it a shot we'll make sure that crystal's ready to record next time chris or jason yes. i mean uh, jason yes. or uh, jeff oh, can't man. come in yeah it, it'll be uh it'll be a two-hour <laughs> show just us bullshitting about boulder gate man i'll tell you
pillow talk with the Riccios. <laughs> uh, any other games you're playing, man? Uh, let's see. Have I played anything else? No, I have not played anything else. That's like on the way up to like downloading Boulder's Gate on Steam Deck was one of the things that we did while we were in Indianapolis for Gen right. Con. <laughs> right. But uh, but yeah, so it's that that's all. It's been all Boulder's Gate right now. Very cool. Good stuff. Uh, let's see. We don't have a whole lot left, right? So you I, said you had some news for yeah, us. What I have you got? think we're just going to talk some news. So I sent out the list to you. You should have it. But I didn't add this to the list because a little bit of last, uh, well, it was, I say last minute, but it happened yesterday. I just didn't add it to our news our news spreadsheet here. But uh, THQ Nordic had a uh, recent uh, games, like a, like a live stream event. And uh, had a, I think they released like information on like 12 games, some already announced and some new announcements. Uh, so like the Alone in the Dark reboot with David Harbour is looking pretty good. We got to see a little bit of gameplay of that. The remake to the 2001 game Gothic is uh, got a little bit of a gameplay reveal. Um, but their big drop and I think the, the part of it that is newsworthy that THQ Nordic announced that they are going to be doing a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Last Ronin game and it is get going, the fuck out of here it is going to be <laughs> fire oh i, I can't am wait. all about it yes yeah so uh there were some uh some uh sources that are close to development said they're taking it the route of like god of war how god of war went from its ps to ps3 days to what, what god of war is now once they rebooted it i think they want to go for this kind of like slower heavier tankier type of turtle experience and i think that would kind of work for me because last ronin is a little bit of a different beast versus like the yeah. old turtle style so i i hope it's like super dark and gritty i kind of want it to be an m-rated game i would love to see like a mature turtles game um so hopefully they can kind of connect all those dots of what makes the graphic novel so strong. So I, I think it's pretty rad. It's super dark. It shouldn't be a game for kids based on how the story is, but people don't uh, know what it is. Last Ronin uh, tells a story of the lone remaining turtle and his quest for revenge after uh, three of the turtles and splinter were murdered by the foot clan. So, um, and it's kind of cool because like you're the whole, like through the majority of the time reading it, you're kind of like, asking yourself who is like which turtle is the last one sure because they, yeah. they, they don't really come out and tell you at first so it's like it's, they, they kind of they kind of let you imply a little bit and it's like no nah, you don't really yeah. know i so. think you get an idea of who the turtle is if you can put together the context clues but it sure it is i think as far as i've read they could have announced it by now but like as far as i've read which has only been a few books in the series um right now it's kind of up for grabs of who he is but i think people kind of know um, but that was it from THQ Nordic. Uh, so Sony had some news. Of course, the uh, the fiscal year shareholder report was all going down last week. And uh, during the Sony's financial report, uh, several first-party titles intended to launch within the current fiscal year were internally delayed and pushed beyond March 2024. Sony claims that the, quote, impact of changes in the launch dates of a portion of, a portion of first-party titles has negatively affected its fiscal year, um, meaning these games will now release either at some point in mid to late 2024 or early 2025. There is no list, Chris, on what games are actually affected. 
Um, but you can venture a guess that um, pretty much anything that hasn't been officially announced is probably pushed back. So I would say Sashima is yeah. probably on that list. Yeah, I can Sushima. almost guarantee that the <clears throat> multiplayer Last of Us game is 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 a part of that list. Um, you know, it doesn't seem. I would be surprised if Spider Man was a part of that because that's so that's so coming soon. I don't. I think that's gold and No, Spider Man already has a yeah. Spider Man already has a date, so I don't it does think have a date. But it. like, yeah, it doesn't seem like anything that has a hard date is actually pushed. But things that had a at least a soft release window or was previously anticipated yeah yeah have been have been majorly pushed back but we're seeing that of course like the the with the sag strike uh well the the writers guild and the sag strike i mean we're, we're getting our you know our superhero entertainment slates being pushed back already by disney um i'm sure dc is going to start officially pushing things back at, at some point so like the whole yeah. the whole in, the entertainment industry as a whole is just a mess and we're going to see tons of these pushbacks i'm sure um, so, uh, we talked a bit about Boulder's gate and we're going to talk about some glowing statistics because on social media, their, uh, communications team released, uh, their first week stats. And we have some interesting ditties, even though that I don't know what <laughs> half of this stuff means. Uh, so I'll, I'll try and translate for you. Okay. If I can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so 368 players finished the game during the opening weekend. That's ridiculous because the game is like. 80 something hours at minimum at minimum at minimum <laughs> that's impressive 368 did it so um over 93 percent of players rolled a custom character uh players spent a combined 88 years just in the character creation screen uh, i'll be honest with you i spent at least an hour creating my character <laughs> oh dude i always i playing, playing barbie is like my favorite part of video games i'm not gonna there's lie. there's so many options yeah. man and it's not just <laughs> but it's not just the looks either it's also the class and the course, you know yeah. the uh like how you balance your stats out and things like that so yeah uh let's see uh nearly 10 percent of the characters spent at least one hour in character creation Gale was the most popular origin character selected by over 27,000 players. Gale, Gale is the wizard I was telling you about. Gotcha. Gale was the seventh cause of death for all players, <laughs> which I think is going to feed into another another stat down here in a second. Well, I, part of part of that is because at level five, Gale gets fireball <laughs> and fireball doesn't distinguish whether you're an enemy or, or a friend. It's just, <laughs> it's just a big 30 feet of crazy fire damage. Well, so, oh yeah, I've a lot of seventh, it with that. Seventh most cause of death for all players. So uh, that, Paladin, that Paladin was the most popular class choice with over 200,000 players. Half Elf was the most popular race at over 250,000 players. Um, almost 100,000 players have been rejected by Astorian. Um, don't know what that means. Uh, one NPC. Oh, Astorian is the rogue, I believe. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, oh, that's for uh, for like the romances. I the romance options, oh, okay. yeah. Okay, so gotcha. and Shadowheart is the cleric that I was telling you about. And it looks like Shadowheart is the most popular romance option, followed by Gale. Uh, one NPC was shoved into a chasm for every concurrent player doing during peak engagement on Sunday. So that shove mechanic that you were talking about, people were doing as many of those to NPCs as there were their highest <laughs> level of concurrent engagement, which is 815,000 players on at one time on Steam. That's I, I really... Would, I would... 
I would guarantee you that those were not all on purpose because that is impressive. I, I accidentally shoved my fighter off a cliff because I was because I didn't I, I didn't actually I had the marker highlighting the enemy I was trying to shove and I highlighted it and before I could hit the button she ran in front of him right and the high the and and the 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 reticule selected her instead and i pushed <laughs> her off the cliff i was like no fuck and i was like scum save <laughs> <laughs> that's why it's good that's why the scum save is good <laughs> so next stat going back to the gale stat 12% of all player deaths were caused by friendly fire yep that makes and sense 65% of players have saved the emerald grove good for them uh, Scratch the dog has been petted over 750,000 times. So just to put into perspective, more people were shoving NPCs off of chasms <laughs> more than they were petting the dog. I just want to throw that out there, gamers, okay? Like, shame on you. I know, right? Absolute shame on you. Uh, players spoke to over 1.4 million corpses and 2.4 million animals. I guess that's a that's a that's an ability that you can do. Like you can speak. Yeah. To so there's a speak to the dead. Okay. Um, and uh, you actually uh, early on you get an item that allows you to speak to dead once per day. And then there's also a speak to animals. And um, there's actually classes that can do that at will. Um, and apparently because that apparently that's a big thing for Larian. Like if you talk to animals, they tell you a lot of shit. Mm. So. Um, you know, when I was respecting uh, Shadowheart, there's actually a nature cleric, and nature clerics actually uh, uh, get speak with animals for free. It's, oh, wow. a, it's at will. So, uh, and then the final stat: players have played at least 10 million hours, which is over 1,200 years of gameplay in the first week alone. It's pretty impressive. 850. I'm sorry, 815 concurrent <laughs> players. Just on Steam alone is super impressive. Yeah, really good for Larian and everybody over there. So that's 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 that is good to see a, a good company make a good video game and get good recognition from it. And it's funny because like they this is a kind of a side uh, an aside, but like there there were stories about how uh, some people now this was like a Kotaku article, so like take it with a grain of salt. Um, but they were stating that like the industry itself, other developers were getting a little bit nervous that this game, which is like not funded by DLC, which is, you know, a, a, a tooth and nail long form single player, you can play multiplayer, but mainly a single player, 150 hour experience. And, um, Kotaku reported that like the industry was worried that this is going to become the standard the and, how, bar. and yeah. how attainable it is. But I think people kind of understand, like, this is what you expect from a game in this genre. This is not like the next Call of Duty. This is not even Final Fantasy. Like, <clears throat> this is, you know, you go into this knowing that, one, it's going to have a humongous dev time. The dev cycle is going to be massively long, and it's because of this purpose. So... I don't know. The days people start being like, well, I want Baldur's Gate 4 in 2025. Like, I don't think anyone's really saying that. So, yeah. So, so we, we actually did talk a little bit about this uh, several weeks ago because there were news articles about like right. developers coming out and saying that they're worried that this is going to become what everybody looks at as the bar and that everybody should kind of temper expectations. And to an extent, I understand where that's coming from. Right. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think it's unreasonable for people to at least 
expect some of the things that Larian did extremely well to be expected in in future games. Maybe not everything that Larian did, right? Because it's a lot. And let's be straight. Larian was being funded by Wizards of the Coast and estimated, uh, the budget was estimated to be over $100 million wow. from when I looked it up. So that's crazy. Um, so I, I certainly don't expect that, you know, games will come out with, will come out with everything that, that Larian has done. Yeah. But, you know, there are some things that should essentially change how the industry does RPGs. And, and I think that is, is what's important to see here. Yep. Maybe, maybe the bar hasn't, it's not the new bar, but the bar has been raised and there are going to have to be some adjustments from other developers. Well, that was well said. And moving on to the next news article, uh, being, uh, this one, this one hits, is going to hit close to us, Chris, because we're both destiny two fans. So obviously Uh-oh. Lance Reddick passed away earlier this year, unexpectedly, yeah. unexpectedly. So, um, you know, we've known him from tons of live action, tons of video game voice roles, um, but none more prominent than his role as Zavala in destiny two. So the destiny, uh, community just um, took took that loss to heart, and I think that um, I, I think that Bungie has finally made a decision on Zavala because I personally thought that they were probably going to kill Zavala off. How do you how do you yeah. replace Lance Reddick? And I think the majority of people would agree that if you were to recast Zavala, there is literally only one actor who has the chops who has the timber in their voice, who has the star power and the recognition to take on this role. And they literally got the one person who could, who could do it. So <laughs> I did see that today. Yeah. Too. So it, it, it looks great, but Keith David is going to be uh, playing Zavala going forward for new destiny Two content. Keith David, um, you've probably seen him in tons of movies and film. He, I mean, his big breakout was in the thing. He was uh, in that with uh, Kurt Russell um, but then also uh, gamers know him as the Arbiter from Halo. So a great, great uh, classic role from Keith David there. So I love to see. This is the only casting announcement that I would have been okay with. Literally the only one. He just has yeah. those chops. And it's, well, it's it's the distinctiveness of the voice, too. It like, is. And he there, doesn't there's sound. There's not many people. He, he doesn't sound like Lance Reddick. They're just saying but he, that but like, he has he could have this a similar delivery. Mm-hmm. I could see him giving a similar delivery and as what Lance that. Reddick does. And that's really what I think is most important. Um and now I'm thinking, is Gorilla gonna call him up now too? Because silence is gone now. So I, what are we gonna do with that last horizon? I, I would I would love to just recast him. I think it'd be great. I think it'd yeah. be really, really good. I like I, I I want this is one of the reasons why I do want certain like aspects of AI to really help out the entertainment industry, but just companies need to like, they need actors need to make sure that their rights are protected. So like, okay, like I'm going to sign up for this AI video thing. So like if a movie wants to use me in the future, I, my likeness and my voice is prepared to be, you know, artificially, you know, just to be transformed, to be added to this movie. I want that to exist because I think there's some cool stuff that can be there. But I think that as long as the actors are being paid treat, like they're being paid fairly and, you know, and 
you know, if something's on streaming, they're getting paid in perpetuity for their likeness to be used yeah. over yeah. and over again. If they can figure that stuff out, which is the tricky thing that they're doing right now or trying to do right now, if they can figure that out, I would love to see to be in a day where like Lance Reddick can you know if his if his estate wants it wants it to be so like he like he can still kind of live in that world and he can still continue yeah. on i think that would be cool it would but need like, to be there's just, it would need to be some sort of royalty type you know compensation right um similar to you know because because in reality if you actually did that and, and allowed yourself to be reproduced by ai or whatever yeah. you were you know you do that initial work you get paid for the initial work um, and then if that initial work is reused, mm -hmm. that's now a royalty scenario, right? Or set, a, so. or set up a new way of like your, your digital rights or your own. Um, yeah. And like you own your digital rights. So if a movie wants to use you as like a one-time theatrical thing, yeah, they have to pay pay you for it. If that's going to go into streaming, yeah, you are going to earn residuals because you own the rights to your likeness posthumously. So like I think there's a way to do it. There's just a lot of negotiation there, but I, I think we're so close to being at that point where that can happen for video games. Um, but until then, if it's going to be recast, I think Bungie knocked it out of the park with Keith David. I think Keith David is a good a good choice too. Yeah, yeah. Um, there aren't there aren't many other because actually it was one of those things where I kind of saw because I didn't I honestly didn't even think of Keith David at first. It was just right. one of those things where it's like I don't know how they're going to replace I, Lance Reddick. Yeah, like how do you replace that voice? Yeah, it's um so when they when they announced Keith David, I was like, I just kind of thought about it. And I'm thinking about the roles that he's done in the past and and just the 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 way that he projects his voice and that kind of thing. And I'm like, yeah, that could work. Yeah. You know? Because I thought he was gonna get killed off too, and that's why they were bringing back Cade, mm -hmm. right? So I don't know. We'll see. It's interesting. We'll see. We'll see. So Chris, I talked about WrestleQuest earlier and uh, how much I wanted to uh, play that game at first. The demo didn't blow me up, so I was like, eh, maybe I won't. Now the now the uh, the reviews are not looking so hot. Chris, I didn't realize this, but even if I wanted to play the game, I wouldn't be able to because the developers of WrestleQuest did something that I don't think I've seen ever maybe it's happened and i'm just not like putting two and two together but if you were looking forward to playing the pro wrestling theme rpg wrestle quest today for its launch this was written on august 8th the day the game was supposed to launch it looks like that card was subject to change uh the game has suffered a last minute delay and will now arrive on august 22nd uh, developer hmm. madcat studios and publisher skybound games announced the delay uh, on the evening of the 7th, explaining the cause was due to the discovery of a major save glitch. Uh, when performing final checks on one of our launch platforms, we discovered it was possible for players to lose their save progress when playing WrestleQuest on multiple different devices. Because this is a game filled with hours of content and player progress, it is so important uh, that we can never body slam our fans like that so the game was delayed pretty much day and date with its original release date um <clears throat> that along with the struggling review scores it just doesn't seem that like it, it just seems like this game has some has some issues out of out of the gate and like where's your qc at like it just seems like it is i don't want to like be dev, dev blaming or dev shaming and stuff like that but like it, if if for the on the day you have to delay your game on release day because of an issue like a critical saving issue <laughs> like that seems to me like where has your it makes me wonder like 
maybe even like just on a management level, like where have you been focusing your QC? Because like, I don't know, just the, here, here, I so I'm gonna look at that from a different angle. Yeah, it's like okay, yes, do it. I I do agree there, but I will also say that it shows a great deal of integrity to say, hey, we have a problem and we need to fix it. Agree. And we know this will hurt, and probably hurt us the most, but we're gonna delay. You know, so. Yep. It, you know, I say what you will about the game. Maybe there are some improvements that are going to get made um, and before release. But, uh, you know, uh, it's, uh, you know, I'd rather them delay and fix it than release it and have a bunch of players that, that get fucked over, you know? So, yeah. Well, I mean, look at, look at, I mean, look at Redfall. Um, what was the one thing that oh, we were saying? Wow. Like, if there was this bad of a problem, just own up to it. Yeah. and delay your game like like just delay it like own up and, to it and that's the thing it's we like I, it. so that's fair there's no that, that integrity is gone right there mm -hmm. like i as like looking at uh from from the perspective of a player looking at things that that developer does now it's like i don't i don't really trust them very much anymore yeah that's fair right but and and granted this is you know you're right qc is a problem um but they you know the the fact is that you learn from failure right you don't learn from success you learn from failure so the idea here is learn from your mistake fix it move it forward so that's the way i look at it wise words from christopher riccio sir that is the news that is all we have we don't have any question of the week we're, we have a question out there but we're just gonna have uh jeff handle that bad boy because that's his domain um, and then uh, no reader mail set up. Anything that we have right now, uh, Jeff will read it with us on the show next week. Next week. All right. That sounds good. Well, then I think that's a show, sir. Yes, indeed. Awesome. Thank you guys for listening. Hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please tell a few friends about us. Uh, like and subscribe. We really appreciate you doing that. It helps the show out a lot. Um, and definitely check out our link tree right down there below. Um, and check out our Patreon if you wanted to jump on Discord and hang out with us. We'd love it. Um, so until next time, my name is Chris. Hi, I'm Travis. Play our games, and we'll talk to you next week.